Luke chapter 6, verses 20 through to 22, and that, that's the text that we're looking at today. Let me read it to you in another language. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. A a big decision I had this week was whether to say blessed or blessed. I think it's the same word. Uh, And to me, I think it's blessed. It's blessed. It's living in blessing. It's knowing blessing. So, So that's what we're looking at today. My name's Mark. I've got the privilege of being part of the leadership here in Jubilee. And today we're continuing our series looking at the kingdom of God. Uh, and the, the title that we're looking at today, that, that it kind of comes out of that scripture, is this, that, that the kingdom is the place of blessing. And, and I think the passage we looked at gives us a hard teaching. And I'm hoping that we're going to make some progress this morning in explaining this, because on the face of what we've just read, it it can sound like this. It can sound like the poor are blessed, the hungry are are blessed, those who weep are blessed, those who are isolated and persecuted are blessed. So in order to be blessed, I need to be in that category of people. I need to be enduring those circumstances, or in order to really be a good Christian, I should be kind of like wanting to be in that position. But I don't. I, I, I don't want to be poor. I, I don't want to suffer hunger. I, I look at the, the people in Malawi, and, and I don't want to have the road out to get in between my house and, and our meeting place. I, I don't want to be isolated. I don't want people to hate me. And, and I don't want any of those things, never mind all of those things. And does that mean that I don't want the blessing of God? Because the blessing of God is, is reserved for those things. And the answer is no. But there's something going on here between uh, the relationship between the blessing of God, between hardship, adversity, being in lack, not having enough, and plenty, abundance, having stuff. And the relationship between those three things is complex. And and that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be kind of exploring what it is. And I'm going to say four things. There's just four simple things that I'm I'm going to say today. And the first one is this, is that, you know, from that scripture, actually, the, the, the full unpacking of that is this. It's the kingdom that is the place of blessing. The kingdom is the place of blessing. Other things... Abundance, material wealth, support, food, shelter. These things are not the place of blessing. The third thing is this, though, that these things, these things that we need and are good, these things 
can be a distraction. These things that are a blessing can actually be a barrier from living in the blessing. The things that we need that are a blessing can be a distraction that prevents us from fully experiencing the blessing, the blessing of God. And the fourth thing is this, is that for those who are without, God has got a special dispensation of grace. The heart of God is so, so focused on restoring justice that the outworking of that to people is that God reaches further and deeper to those who are without. And that's what we read in this scripture. So let's, let's get into this a bit more. I'm going to read uh, a scripture to you from Romans, Romans 14, chapter 17. So this, this passage, it's, it's Christians that are debating what it is to, to serve God, what a lifestyle should be, and they're talking about what food you should eat or what days you should observe or keep special. And then for Christians where there's difference in how they see that, how we should relate together, how we should honor people that see things a bit differently to us but are doing it out of the right reason. And, and it's all about... Um, walking with each other in humility. But then in verse uh, 17, it says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. So I, I love this passage. It's one of my favorite passages in the whole of the Bible. I love this passage because the context is, you know, great people talking about what should we do, how should we live, how should we relate to those that think other things are important. And then this verse comes in and it literally just blows it all away and it says, it's not about that stuff. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God He's not about that. It's just this. It's just righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's a song about that, uh, but it's from the 1980s and I can't sing, so we won't do the time travel. But we're a kingdom people. The kingdom of God is the blessing. Living in the kingdom of God is the blessing. And the kingdom of God is just simply this righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Dan explained so, so eloquently a few weeks ago that the kingdom is now and not yet. We're living in the kingdom, but the fullness of the kingdom is still not here. But in terms of living in the blessing of the kingdom, it's, it's the now. You know, we live in the blessing of God. There's a, there's a way of expressing this, saying, you know, we live under a hope, an open heaven. God is not round the corner. God is not in the future. God is with us. God is with us now. And we have the promise of eternal life. And we are blessed. Now this, it's internal and it's eternal. And, and perhaps 
we don't always feel it. Perhaps we don't always walk around aware that we are the blessed, that we are blessed and not cursed. We don't always feel what is the truth. But the reality is a spiritual reality. And, and perhaps, you know, maybe at times we need, we need our brain to connect better with our spirit for us to understand that we are blessed. That we are blessed. I, and I can get confused sometimes. You know, I look on the external. And, and actually, you know, in the Bible, God says that's what we do. That's what I do. That's what you do. We, we default back to looking at the external, looking at what we can perceive with our natural senses. And, and you can be a Christian, and you can be in a muddle. You, you can live a chaotic lifestyle, be all over the place. And we see this, you know, we see this at times in our own lives, we see it in the lives of others. And then we can look over, and we can contrast, and look at people who don't know Christ. Look at people who are in the world without faith, but they've got it together. They've they got great family. They've got great provision, and, and they're doing well, and they seem happy, and, and they can look like they're sorted. And you can think, this is a bit weird. Maybe they're better off. Maybe, maybe they've got something this person hasn't got. But the fact is, it's spiritual. The most battered and beat up and downtrodden Christian has something that the world hasn't experienced, has something of greater measure than everything else, than everything else. Something authentic. There's one of the, one of the parables, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God being like the pearl of great price. It's the prize. In, and in the parable, the merchant sells everything to get the pearl. Everything else is secondary. The kingdom is primary. And if we're in the kingdom, then we have something that cannot, cannot be met or matched in any other way. So the blessing, the blessing is the kingdom. Other things, number two, other things are not the blessing, but they can be a blessing. And it is a blessing it's to have stuff. It's, it's a blessing to have resource, food, shelter, support, people that are with you and not against you. It's a blessing. And, and in Matthew 6, verse 30, there's a passage that kind of like, explains about all these things and it, and it says this you know Jesus is talking to his disciples he's saying if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven will he not much more clothe you oh you of little faith therefore do not be anxious saying what shall we eat what shall we drink what shall we wear for the Gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. 
You know, there's no hints. There's no hints in that scripture that there's anything wrong with having stuff, with having an abundance. The warning is about how you get them. The warning is about the seeking after, the following, the prioritizing in everything that you do and the way that you live your life to get. And the instruction is to actually reserve that active seeking for the kingdom of God. The instruction is to reserve the active seeking for the kingdom of God. And the other things will be added to you. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. God is not saying, hey, just stay at home, read the Bible and pray, and then just look at your banking app, and by magic it will be full. No. God wants us to engage in fruitful labor. You know, whatever shape that looks like, whether that's paid employment, whether that's meaningful volunteering, helping others, whether that's being in a home and being a homemaker of some description, it, it, it's not all paid employment, but for all of us, there's a call to be engaged in fruitful labor, to work, and, and to work hard and not be lazy. This is not about just seek God and by magic everything just arrives in your, in your inbox and, and uh, in, in your current accounts, if you've got a current account. No, it's about the prioritization. It's about what you seek first. So it's simply that the stuff is not the prize. The affluence is not the prize. That which we need in order to survive and be ordered to be a blessing to others is not the prize. And in some ways, these things that are all blessings can be a curse. You know, my third point is having success, having plenty in other areas can be a distraction that takes us away from experiencing the blessing of the kingdom of God. There's, there's a, a really great... So Jesus is quite funny in some of his parables. He, he deliberately like, blows it up and lampoons it and says, says things that are deliberate exaggerations to make a point. But it, he says in Matthew uh, 19.24, I tell you this, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. And some people go, well, you know, there's this rock near Cleopatra and there's a little narrow passage and camels have got to go through one at a time in order to get to it. And that's what he was talking about. But this is the same Jesus that says, if you've got um, a speck in somebody's eye, first of all, take the plank out of your own eye before you can see it. I just think he's probably just saying it as it is. It's probably just an absolutely straightforward statement. Guys, this is a needle. Trying to get a camel through there is easier than someone who's loaded getting into the kingdom of God. Um, and, and in Mark 9:47, it says, "If your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It's better to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than have two eyes and miss it and be thrown into hell." It's better to not have any money and be a Christian and be in the kingdom of God than to have money and not know God. It's better 
to have no money and not be distracted than to have money but be distracted and miss out on God's calling for your life. And it's, it's about our priorities and how we steward things. And, and there's something here around pride. And it's, it's when pride enters our heart that that which should be a blessing becomes at best a distraction and at worst a curse. See, if everything's from him and everything is for him, then whatever we have, we don't own, but we steward. Whatever we have doesn't belong to us and we hold it lightly in our hands for our own use and for the blessing of others. And, you know, say, say, you know, in this room, and I know there are individuals in this room that it applies to, I'm not one of them. But if you've got a good business brain, if you've got a good business brain, then why is that? It's a gift. It's, it's a gift from God. It's an ability from God. And it allows you to make money. It allows you to run things, to turn a profit. Um, but if you start thinking, hey, I'm pretty good at this stuff. I've got this talent. I've got this ability. Then you start looking at the revenue, the income that's generated as belonging to you, as something that you've achieved, as something that's been brought about by your talent, by your gifting, by your hard work, and you begin to own it. And the ideas of praying or meditating or asking God about what it's for and how it should be used become an afterthought. And that which should have been a blessing can become a wedge between you and God. And it doesn't have to be about money. It doesn't have to be about wealth. It doesn't have to be about houses. You could have been desperate to start a family and prayed to God and been blessed with a child and becoming a complete family with children can be something that is so all-consuming that you get wrapped into enjoying being a family so much so that you find you're distracted from a life of faith. It's, it's knowing this. It's not from me, it's not for me, and it's not about me. You know, the question I ask myself that I find, I find really useful is this thing is, have I, am I holding it, or is it holding me? Am I holding it, or is it holding me? Because if it's holding me, then it's not blessing me in the way God would want it to be blessing me. And I think for us this morning, I think for many of us, this is, this is the message for today. It's a... Uh, an encouragement from God to recalibrate. It's an encouragement from God to recalibrate that which we think about as important, that which we think about as, as the blessing, our blessing. It's, it's a recalibration of that which is 
eternal over that which is satisfying our needs. But the scripture we read is more than just the kingdom of God is the blessing and all that we have we should hold lightly and keep our eye on the prize. The scripture we read is more than that. It's very, very directive about the fact that blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are hungry. Blessed are you who weep. And, and there's something there that it's not about intentionally making ourselves poor to get into a place of blessing. That's not what it's about. You know, that which we have we should enjoy and be generous with and be good stewards of. But there is something about if you are the poor, there is a blessing from God. There is an extra measure in some way. The, you know, the scripture's really clear. It isn't making ourselves poor that brings blessing, but God is specifically reaching out to bless those who are the poor. And and I suppose it's, it's something like this, that, you know, God is a God of justice. God is a God of mercy. And throughout the Bible, we read again and again and again, the poor, the oppressed, the widows, the fatherless, the instruction of God to his people is always, look after these people, spend your time on these people, give to these people. You are the ones to restore justice. And without having favorites, because God doesn't have favorites apart from we're all his favorites, God comes to break bonds, to provide liberty, and those who are most oppressed are in the heart of God first in line. It's almost like those who have been pushed down the furthest need the strongest boost, need the strongest boost, and the heart of God reaches out to those people the heart of God, the heart of God is to bring us all to this level, but some people are under oppression, and the heart of God is to break that oppression, and the instruction to his people is to partner with him to be part of restoring justice. See, there's something about the kingdom of God. You know, today we're focusing on the fact that the kingdom of God is a place of blessing, and you and me were a blessed and not a cursed people because we can live in the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God's more than just that. You know, there's something about the kingdom of God which is a kingdom counterculture. You know, the plan and purpose for, for God is for the whole of the world to be in the kingdom of God and for that righteousness and that restoration of justice to be reaching out not just into our community, the community of believers, but to be reaching out from the community of believers and impacting the whole world. So we're going to pray. We're going to close in prayer. Lord, Lord, we want to be a people that, that know and live in your blessing. Lord, help us to tune into spiritual realities and help us to see 
in a really healthy way, all the other things, all the elements that make up our needs, all the elements that make up our resource, Lord, help us to see that which we have through your eyes. Help us to enjoy, but not be distracted by provision. Help us to be hungry for the spiritual. And help us, Lord, to partner with you, to, to feel your heart for those that are oppressed, for those that are poor, for those that are in suffering, Lord. Help us to feel your heart and to partner with them. Amen. Amen. Amen.